1: This is Internet Marketing.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 164 of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And in today's show, Kelvin talks to Nicola Stott about the use of social media in the iGaming gaming sector. All coming up in internet marketing.
1: So coming up in a couple of weeks, myself and Nicholas Stott are talking at an event in Dublin, the iGaming Super Show. Um, I'll share a few more details about that event if you want to come along to it um, in the show notes, and we'll talk about that after we talk. But me and nicola are talking on a panel about kind of social media and how that kind of interacts, specifically with the iGaming sector, so kind of betting and gambling and that type of thing. But I think um, you know, kind of a lot of the challenges that that industry is facing is kind of quite uh, relevant and applicable to um, the the world of digital marketing as a whole. So, So Nicola, in terms of kind of social media, um, what do you see as being the, you know, it's such a big topic, it's such a wide area to potentially go into, and a lot of people are aware that they ought to be thinking about it, or perhaps have taken some tentative steps themselves, but perhaps don't have a a full-blown strategy, they've kind of just been getting on with it. What do you think is kind of the best place they should be starting to think about social media in terms of taking it a little bit more of a mature approach to social media than perhaps they might have had in the past?
3: Um, It depends on who we're talking to in this particular sector. Um, There are a number of different groups that would be producing content and producing games um, and gaming resources. So if we're talking about the business-to-business community, Mm -hmm. that's a very different um, instruction Mm -hmm. than opposed to the gaming operators Mm -hmm. or the online gambling sites Mm -hmm. where a potential customer could choose to go and play bingo Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. play poker or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. Um, in the case of the super show, a mm-hmm. lot of the audience will be the next tier of, uh, of affiliate site mm-hmm. content producers mm-hmm. and people who will be creating better kind of content around where's the best site to go mm-hmm. for my £25 free sports bet mm-hmm. um, or where do I want to go and place a bet for the national mm-hmm. or where's the best place um, to play poker at the moment, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So depending on the audience, Mm. the level of participation or the best method of entry to social media, the advice would differ Mm. according to that. Mm.
1: And for those affiliates, who I suppose are kind of probably most similar to the the audience of the podcast as a whole, um, do you think that generally they kind of instinctively get social media in the way that perhaps they instinctively get search marketing or instinctively get pay-per-click marketing which quite often is the way that these affiliates generate traffic that they then turn into acquisitions which turn into commissions do you think that they kind of have a similar instinctive sense of how to use social media that i certainly get the impression from the people who i know within the affiliate industry they get search, um, paid search and natural search kind of quite instinctively
3: some do and some don't um i think it's possibly more difficult working in the affiliate sector and working in the gaming sector mm. to be social mm. and to develop a community around your brand. First off, because it's quite difficult mm. to develop a brand full stop as an affiliate because in some ways your content and what you're talking about is, is somebody else's product and mm. somebody else's brand. It's, mm. it's a gaming operator's brand. So what you're talking about there immediately is a little bit more difficult to kind of socialize. Mm. Um Another difficulty, of course, is that the nature of conversations are quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, nobody really wants to talk about gaming in the sense that, hey, I'm winning, or, mm-hmm. you know, I had a really bad run of luck on blah, blah, blah. You, you don't want to talk about mm-hmm. that. It's not the sort of thing that people share. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- the challenge for affiliates is to mm-hmm. establish a kind of lateral method mm-hmm. of thinking and think, okay, so perhaps I can't talk about the direct. Um, product-to-product relationship that Mm. my site facilitates. Mm. But what I can do is I can say, okay, my site's tone of voice is insouciant. We're Mm. irreverent. Mm. We're we're targeting this particular audience. We're targeting, I'll just pick a demographic, we're targeting young males between the age of 25 and 40. Mm. They're generally single. They're generally earning X, Y. Mm. They behave in this way. They might like football. They might like sports. Mm. They might like these particular Band, this type of music, these types of clothes. So it's more about creating a personality and an identity mm. in a mm. kind of lateral way, mm. rather than talking directly about the product. Mm. It's more of an indirect relationship.
1: And I mean, I suppose the prime example of this is the Betfair poker account, isn't it? The Betfair Twitter poker account, which I think is kind of used by a lot of people as an example of a kind of perhaps a slightly obtuse or left-field left, left field approach to kind of social media marketing for, um, uh, you know, a kind of gaming company. Do you think that they're a good example in terms of, so for people who might not be aware of them, I, I don't know what's the best way to describe it, really. It's kind of a, a somewhat irreverent, um, There's def- it's it's written by comedy writers, isn't it, as opposed to kind of perhaps marketers. And it, it's, it takes that approach that it doesn't really, talk about poker particularly that much does it
3: really exactly right so it's you know the the art of marketing without market it's attraction marketing in a way isn't it it's creating a brand and identity and a personality without even needing to directly talk about the product itself it's saying we're ironic we've got a sense of humor Mm -hmm. we're a bit left field we're cool Mm. come and play with us um yeah it's, it's a great approach um and these they are actually you know a site that I like to use as a, as a kind of best in shows for example mm. yeah definitely mm.
1: um and do you think that that kind of that that, that approach works as well because that's twitter it's kind of short form there's this history of kind of parody joke accounts there it's kind of it, it, there's the the foundations are laid for that type of account isn't it and it's one of those perfect examples that as soon as you see it, you go. Oh, I wish I'd thought of that it kind of you could see where the thinking process came from and it kind of that 's part of why it's so successful and i 've not tended to see that similar kind of creativity on kind of some of the other social networks as it were so particularly I suppose Facebook being the the kind of prime example there in terms of is there any kind of affiliates or um, you know gaming sector examples in the kind of um, you know Facebook the, you know, playground that you think um, handle it particularly well from that side of things. Because I know that we kind of work; it's not the gaming sector, but a, a client of ours, Top Cashback, they they can work quite well. But that's because there's a kind of um, community spirit there behind it as well. That because they they're one group of people who are benefiting from being part of this community. You know, it kind of it, it fits well with Facebook there. But have you kind of seen many examples that that work well on Facebook rather than Twitter for um, gaming companies?
3: Uh, yes, I have from the Philip perspective. Yes, there are some good examples. There are a couple of sites like um, Casino Reviewer and Bingo Reviewer Mm. have some good Facebook campaigns and Facebook pages and are developing really good communities around what they're doing. They're sharing content, they're creating a buzz, running competitions and that sort of thing, Um, getting people involved, asking questions of the community. Um, One of the main difficulties, though, from an affiliate perspective is – Justifying the ROI, mm-hmm. because of course the affiliate business's model is all about getting yeah. getting volume in and, and converting and passing on the leads, and that's that's the return for them. So of course it's quite difficult to see the long term benefits of participating in growing a community, spending time that's attached to growing a brand and a personality when there's no indirect relationship to the actual means of, of revenue production, if you know what I mean.
1: I mean, I suppose that's kind of a big challenge for affiliates, isn't it? Because, yeah, if you think about social, about kind of building, you know, lots of touches over a period of time that, you know, leads to a perception that means that someone's more likely to deal with you when they are making a purchasing decision. That's very different from kind of what the, the, the affiliates' general aim is, which is get them moving along that process and get them on the landing page of their merchant, isn't it? Which is kind of, I suppose, potentially makes it that a little bit more complicated, doesn't it?
3: That's exactly right. I see that's it in a nutshell, really. Mm.
1: And, but I suppose equally the fact that potentially if we're seeing that people who are kind of so aware of the ROI and that's how they live and that's how they die, um, if they're kind of reticent or holding back or have tried and not been successful on a particular campaign, potentially that's something that people who are perhaps not as focused on the ROI ought to be thinking about as well. That if, if it doesn't make sense for these people who kind of um, instinctively get you know, I spent X, I got Y in return. And if um, X is more than Y, we've got a big issue and are perhaps more aware of that than any other type of marketer out there. That Maybe that's a lesson that the rest of us maybe ought to be learning from, that maybe we have got a bit carried away with the hype of these things rather than uh, perhaps the, the real kind of nitty-gritty commercial performance of um, of social media.
3: Yeah, well, I think there's two sides to that particular story. And yes, absolutely, there's the danger of falling for every kind of you know, new social site that comes out thinking, okay, I need a Pinterest strategy, I need a part, you know, whatever it is, just because it's there and because there's a buzz about it. Each platform is not right for each and every business. And I think when it comes to understanding why the hell am I participating in social media, that's something that does need a really sensible strategy behind it. It does need some analysis of each platform, the capabilities of the reach um, the audience demographics, the capability of the technology and functionality behind that platform, and then some kind of ruthlessness behind you know where am I spending my time and why am I spending my time there and no i don 't need to be on linkedin or i don 't need to be on pinterest when i 'm dealing with poker and it 's a predominantly female demographic oh but bingo, for example, Pinterest might be a great place so it's it 's using a more intelligent and ruthless approach and not just joining in because I think I should. Um, secondly, though, I think that there 's also something to be said for the the knock on um, benefits and values of participating in social media that aren 't quite so directly related to immediate return on investment and that 's the kind of more deferred gratification um, benefits of participating just on the web in general. Um, which does, of course, impact your search and your presence and your brand authority and your ability to be recognized as an entity and all of that lovely stuff.
1: And I mean, I think it's kind of, but there's also a flip side to that as well, isn't there? That I think you're completely right. And I think everyone who's kind of um, considering investing time in a marketing channel or a social media channel that they want, they need to kind of make a decision how many of my customers are already there? Is there the, the, the business case to justify that? But then you hear kind of these opposite examples.
2: all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more
1: and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. I don't know if you heard the story around Pinterest that there was kind of a couple of very clever affiliates on there who realised very early that um, that if they were pinning stuff that that audience would like, and it was all about you know content that, that audience would like, but when they were linking through to where that content was. So Pinterest, if you're not familiar with it, kind of it's mostly for kind of sharing images and visual visual bookmarking is the the way I like to describe it. And people will share interesting products on there and then link through to the website where that product is available. And people will be using affiliate links to do that, um, kind of overriding Pinterest's um, skim link system that they've got in place there that makes those links affiliates anyway. And then in some cases, seem to be generating some pretty good revenue off the back of that because they were first there, whereas now it's perhaps a slightly... A slightly different story that the kind of there's more competition but that kind of agile agility that agile approach that they had to kind of see see this rising website jump on it take advantage of it and perhaps it wasn't a long-term strategy perhaps like you know they're now found finding that they're struggling to make money in that way but for the affiliates in question that was a good opportunity that they took advantage of because they were confident to make that decision quickly
3: mm-hmm. yes well i think that's always going to be true and in some ways that's a good thing about the nature of the affiliate. Model um, affiliate businesses tend to be quite nimble. They tend to be quite efficient. They tend to be able to react very quickly. There's no huge chains of command and you know internal procedures and hoops to jump through. And um, the affiliate is generally really well placed to. I don't want to say exploit, but perhaps capitalize mm. on early opportunities and see that chink in the armor and see that opportunity and. Um, you know work with it can be much more creative at times than a more traditional organization.
1: And one question I'm certain that we'll get, um, Nicola, at the iGaming Super Show is um, around social signals for search um, and the kind of the growing perception that they are influencing search results to some extent, that they will influence search results to some extent, the proclamations of some within the community that um, link building is dead and, you know, we ought to be spending all of our time from an SEO perspective on trying to generate positive social signals. What's kind of your perception of where we are um, on social influencing search at the moment uh, and where it will probably be at, at sort of like this time next year and kind of potentially some of the changes in approach is that our, the listeners might need to take as a consequence of that.
3: Mm-hmm. To some extent, I'd say we pretty much are already there. Um, it, since the advent of Google's search ranking has been a link based algorithm and every other search engine since for years and years and years has used this as the primary basis. Mm-hmm. We're, It's unlikely we're ever going to get beyond that. But I think when we talk about a lot of social signals, a lot of what we're talking about are still, in a way, links. It's just different types of attributes that are used to kind of describe the nature of the two linking pages. So instead of having document A linking to document B and passing on potentially the flow of authority from page A to page B, we might also be saying something else to the search engines. We might be saying that um, page A is about you, Kelvin, mm. and page B is about me, mm. and the link between the two of us is marked up with an attribute mm. called rel equals contact. Mm. Um, so that would then describe the relationship between you and I, mm. that we are known. Mm. So from a social perspective, sites like Cora, Twitter, LinkedIn, all these other sites that aren't, say, the world will garden that Facebook is... Mm use such attributes and give a picture of connectivity to search engines. Why is that a good thing? Because that means we're all playing in the same paddling pool. It's sending all of these nice signals of, of existence, of 360-degree level existence, mm. that we're not just playing one game in order to gain the link-based elements of the mm. algorithm that are actually present and contributing to the entire web. Now, that's a really high-level overview. Mm. And uh, at the the micro level, there is much more going on than that. And I think much more to see. But by next, to answer the second part of your question, Mm. the really interesting part for me right now is what will happen with Google Plus and Mm. the rel equals author attributes Mm. and what's going to happen to um, plus one and and what that might be as Mm. a social signal moving forward I think that's a really exciting thing to watch right now. A lot of that remains to be seen because mm. we're still waiting for things like search, push your world to be rolled out outside mm. of the US. Um, and also critical mass in terms of adoption for mm. Google Plus. Mm. Who knows what that would look like? Mm. Um, but for me, that's, that's the space to watch mm. and to keep testing around, mm. to look at the relationship between those signals. Mm. The fact that it's in Webmaster Tools at the moment says something. Um, as yes, I've not seen no tangible data to look at any relationship between yeah. um, rank and authority.
1: But I mean, I think, I mean, personally, I think anyone who kind of uses the line, OK, Google Plus isn't worth the effort because the audience isn't there, is kind of sort of missing a trick to a certain extent that, yes, it doesn't have the audience levels, the the kind of, you know, the, the number of customers there as some of the other social networks. But if you're looking at it entirely from a search perspective, I think already the data that they need is there, right? Because, you know, I've done some real basic stuff, but just like looking at kind of the likelihood of a piece of content being shared, right? So you'll take, you know, we took like 100 blog posts across, I don't know, 10 or 15 different websites and looked at how shared they were on different social sites, right? And content that got shared a lot on Facebook got shared a lot on Twitter and got shared a lot on Google Plus. Now the and, and on LinkedIn. And you know, the the magnitude of the sharing is smaller dependent on the number of people that are using it. But if you know, to use a really simplified example, say something gets retweeted, I don't know, a thousand times on, on Twitter and gets shared on Google Plus a hundred times. Google you know, the and another one gets shared fifty times on Google Plus and, you know, fifty thousand times on Twitter. You know, the 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 correlations there between the two as it were. So That's already a better representative sample of the community of web users on Google+, Plus than the linkerati ever was, if you know what I mean, the people who had websites with the power to link. So I think there's some, some kind of perception that, Google that is Google need this like huge market share for their social site to be able to get what they want from it, which I don't think is the case. They just need a significant enough sample size of people who are using social media using their social site um, to kind of get that data there that's going to help them improve their search results. And I, I think you know I think they're probably already there on that network. And it's what actually we need to do is kind of people who are responsible for search marketing for companies to say, well, yes, you might not get the same click through traffic from Google, you know, the time you spend on google plus as you would on other social networks but there's this added benefit that we all is you know as plain as day can see is going to be influencing search results because you know that's the data that they've got there already
3: completely agree absolutely from a data perspective and also from a broadcast perspective i would yeah completely agree with that
1: but it's breaking the habit, isn't it? It's breaking the habit. I keep trying to use Google Plus more than Twitter, but you know, I keep finding myself going back to Twitter every time. But yeah, that's...
3: well, we're all waiting yeah. for an API, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as we can start to kind of broadcast, then um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's quite an interesting statistic that's not particularly um, new, actually. But apparently, something like twenty thousand Twitter users do half the actual tweeting. Mm. So, it, it, in terms of broadcast of actual content. In a way, the actual unique number of users is not that important after mm. all. All you need is that highly engaged core audience mm. to push your content around, the, you know, the, the Google Plus or arty, whatever you yeah. want to call them. Um, but it's, it's the few carrying the many.
1: And I think that's probably already there to a certain extent, is when I see, when I go on Google+, Plus, the people who seem, and I don't know if it's just because early adopters tend to do this, but it's the, you know, so in the search industry, it's the Danny Sullivans, you know, they're the ones who are on there that frequently. It's the Rand Fishkins. It's the people who are the most influential on Twitter, on their blog, on any social network, who seem to be uh, have made that move across to Google+, Plus that much sooner, and they're therefore kind of reaping the reward of going early on that sense, and, you know, I think... I think there's definitely an opportunity there that even though it might not be quite as exciting as perhaps some of the other networks, it certainly is there. I know that I've got a lot more followers on Twitter than a lot of people who are a lot more worthy of following on Twitter than me, purely because I was early to it. And, you know, it's it's the same with our podcast. I think our podcast does very, very well because we produce good content. But I know because we were early, because we were consistent, because we were reliable, because we stuck with it, that's a huge part of the reason for its success. And I think that's the same on a lot of these social networks as well.
3: Mm -hmm. But that's a really important thing you just mentioned, that consistency. It's it's not good enough to just kind of emerge, appear, test the water early and make assessments. You really do need to put some effort into it and actually have a consistent stream of content delivery. And also very true for Twitter and Facebook, any platform such as this, um, it does need to be some commitment. And perhaps bringing it back to, to the affiliate sector and, and gaming in particular, this is something that might be almost anathema. For this particular business model putting in the commitment and waiting to see that reward um, when there are other routes that, that can be used
1: well fantastic i think it's going to be a really interesting event i think that panel and particularly i'm really looking forward to and particularly getting kind of a sense from the audience in terms of what their questions are what their concerns are and kind of really i think it i hope it's got the potential for a really healthy debate as well
3: i'm sure it will i'm sure it will
1: fantastic well thanks nicola and i'm looking forward to the event
3: see you in dublin
2: If you're outside of the UK, it's plus 441273256150. If you're inside the UK, it's zero one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing.